you so much for coming. I know there's a lot of people still at home just kind of gradually getting back into the swing of things. Um, yeah, this is like the only place my kids have gone pretty much, so other than a park now recently. And so it's just been a kind of a progression. And so everyone's at different levels. So we just say, you know, continue to respect one another's uh, personal space, but just, you know, love on them from a distance and um, just show them the love of God and just welcome them back. We welcome all of you back. Amen. Well, today at Pentecost 2020, the Lord has placed on my heart to share about pushing back the gates of hell. Amen. Pushing back the gates of hell. We're talking about being, having the power to be God's witness. Amen. And so I'm going to start off with this scripture, which is the whole reason why Jesus came, which is 1 John 3, 8. Well, it's one of the whole reasons why he came, and it's his purpose. He says, for this purpose, the Son of God was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Thank you, Jesus. He didn't just come here to hug people. He came here to demolish the kingdom of hell and to destroy the works of the enemy. Amen? And so what we're talking today is not just about that he came to destroy the works of the devil, but he came to have a legacy of his children, his people, his brothers and sisters to also go out and do the same work. He came here as an example for you and I to go out and preach the good news with signs following. Amen? And so 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose was the Son of God made manifest. How many of you here are children and sons and daughters of God? Amen? So we, too, have this same work to accomplish. If we're not out accomplishing, demolishing every work of the enemy, then we are not doing our job. Yeah silence. We have a purpose, and that is also to destroy the works of the enemy. It's not just to love God, for he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. If you love me, you'll do what I say. He told the disciples, he said, go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature, lay hands on the sick, see them recover, cast out devils and heal the sick, and raise the dead. So if we're not doing the Great Commission, what is it that we're really accomplishing for the kingdom of heaven? This was to be our purpose. This was the purpose that Jesus came and was made manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Amen. And I know it's stretching you, right? It's getting you out of your comfort zone. You go into Walmart, you go into Goodwill. I'm talking about myself. You go into Walmart, you go into Goodwill, you see somebody who's, um, who's hurting, you see someone who's obviously sick in their body, and you have to get out of your comfort zone to say, excuse me, miss, excuse me, sir, can I please pray for you? Because I know I'm a Christian, Jesus lives on the inside of me, and he heals today just like he did over 2,000 years ago. Can I lay hands on you? And guess what God's going to do? The word of God says that signs are for the unbeliever. So God is going to watch over his word to perform it, and he's going to perform. He's going to show them that he is God. Amen? Hallelujah. We believe that he is God, so why not do the things that he told us to do? Amen. So God, Jesus, was not only here to walk in his glory and to walk in this power and to demonstrate and destroy the works of the devil. He was here to demonstrate how we ought to walk. 
how we ought to, what we ought to carry, his power, his presence, his glory. Romans 8, 29 says this, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son. So his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. What is he talking about? We too are called to walk in his glory, his power, and push back the gates of hell. He was to be the firstborn that would walk in the manifest glory, presence, and power of God. And he said, it's better that I go away in John 16 because I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's the power that I walk this earth with. He wasn't here as God necessarily. He was here as man who received the power of the Holy Spirit just like you and I can receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And he walked as a man manifesting the presence and power of God, pushing back the gates of hell, destroying every work of the enemy, demonstrating for you and I that he would be the first one and we would be his followers. We would follow and be like him. Amen? Um, In Matthew 16, 19, he says this, Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In Luke 10, 19, he says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will by any means harm you. We do not have to be afraid. The word of God says in 1 John 4, for greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It doesn't matter what is going on out there. Guess what? That is the enemy. That is the work that Jesus was made manifest to destroy, right? And so we do not have to fear COVID. We do not have to fear attacks of the enemy. We do not have to fear violence. We do not have to fear because the greater one lives and abides on the inside of us. Amen? We were placed here with the greater one to do something that Jesus did, which was to destroy the works of the enemy. The word of God says that we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're fighting against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in high places. That stuff that's going on out there, I was just kind of laughing and talking with Clayton about it because he's watching the news. I'm studying in the other room and I'm hearing it, you know, and so I have to go in there every now and then and just say, man, what's the devil up to now? You can just watch the news and say, what's the devil up to now? Because they're not broadcasting what Jesus is doing. They are broadcasting what the enemy is doing. And we were placed here, and you know exactly how to pray if you watch the news, because we were placed here to destroy the works of the devil. So we are to get on our knees and pray and destroy the works of the devil. Why? Because we fight not against flesh and blood enemies. So what is our warfare? Our warfare is spiritual. Our warfare is to get on our knees and pray and push back the gates of hell. Why? Because we were given the keys of the kingdom. Because he said, any two of you binding anything on earth, it will be bound in heaven. Any two of you loosing anything on earth, it will be loosed in heaven. So when believers come together and pray, what we're doing is we're binding up the gates of hell. We're pushing back the gates of hell. We're forbidding it from moving forward. Amen? It's like the devil didn't win, and he, all of a sudden the churches are starting to open. He didn't win, so now he's got to rile up some riots. And whatever he does to make it happen. 
And yeah, we, we pray for the families and all that. And what, was, what happened was wrong. But it's all the enemy. It's the thief who comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But God has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. But we're not going to see that life unless the kingdom of God, the people of God, get on their knees and pray and release the life of God. And release the glory of God. And push back the gates of hell. He has given us the power. He has given us the keys of the kingdom. He said in his word in Luke 10, 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Who's the snakes? Who's the scorpions? The snakes and the scorpions are evil spirits. Evil spirits in heavenly places. It's not just talking about a natural snake. I probably would run. I'll be honest. I probably would run if I came up to a snake. (laughs) But spiritual things, it doesn't move me. It doesn't matter if I see it. The only reason God would open your eyes to see an evil spirit is because he knows he gave you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, to bind up every wicked spirit in high place. He has to listen to you. You have been given the name of Jesus, to which every knee shall bow, to which every tongue shall confess that he is Lord. So we have these keys. We have these abilities and this power to push back the gates of hell. But what are we doing with it? Are we doing what he has called us to do? Are we using the, these abilities? Are we using these keys that God has given us? We need to think about that. We have got a job to do. The job was not finished when Jesus left. He gave us a position. He gave us a purpose to continue out a legacy. How many of you know, like, people hand down legacies? They hand down, um, if they have a corporation, they're training up their children in the way they want them to go. They're training up their children to take over a family legacy and continue the work, right? They're depending on it. Well, guess what? Jesus was depending on us, the children of God, to continue on the work of his father he had planned this long ago he said he foreknew he knew we were his children and that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters well guess what's really sad and i believe god's doing a work in the body of christ now but what's really sad is a lot of the body of christ has been sleeping They have not been doing their job. Well, it's time to rise up, to stir up the gifts of God and to take our place in the army of God as children of God. We have been given. It's not something that we need to get. Obviously, you need the Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. You need the Holy Spirit. You need his presence. You need his power. But Jesus already said to his disciples, I give you the keys of the kingdom. I give you the authority. These are things we already have coming in and being a child of God. Okay? Now, if you've received the Holy Spirit, he told the disciples, I'm giving you these things. But then in Acts 1.8, he says, but you will receive power. In other words, you will receive the ability and the power to demonstrate these things. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. So it's the Holy Spirit that equips you to have the boldness to go out there and do the work that we were assigned. You will receive power. So he let the disciples know ahead of time, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. I've given you the power to trample on serpents and scorpions. But hold off. Just wait until you receive the power of the Spirit. 
It wasn't just the filling of the Spirit. It wasn't just the evidence of speaking in other tongues. He said, wait until you receive the power. There are numerous fillings of the Spirit. So you might be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you receive the evidence of having the baptism. And you know this because there's many levels of operating Christians in, in you know, our society. There's many levels. You know because you could probably, and you shouldn't, but you should probably compare yourself to other Christians saying, I don't yet walk like that. I don't yet see those kinds of demonstrations yet. And, and that's good to, to admire and to make it a goal, but not to be, you know, you know, coveting. But we are to receive continually infillings of the Holy Spirit so that until the Spirit of the Lord is upon us, till we're so full that he's upon us. Amen? So he tells the disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit is upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Guess what? He wasn't just telling the disciples of Jesus' day. He was telling all disciples that ever would be. You will be my witnesses until the ends of the earth. But he says, in order to be my witness, I want you to do this one thing. It's very, very needed. And you might know this because you and your own strength flop. Your words flop. You know, I mean, yes, there's power in the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, there's power in, um, you know, the gospel. I'm not downing the power, okay? But when you have the Holy Spirit and you're filled with his spirit, you're filled with his presence, those, those words have the weight of his glory. Those words penetrate deep into the heart. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he can touch a heart, touch a life. Amen? This weekend, I went out um, ministering and, and with my little brother. My little brother. Um, he is my little brother. Anyways, I went out ministering, and we saw God move supernaturally on different people's lives. But um, what really impressed me was when the Lord spoke and he was ministering the gospel. And it's not your words necessarily, but the power and presence of the Holy Spirit that's released that make people start crying. They're being touched or yawning and being set free. Amen. Um, there was one girl that I ministered to. I'm laying hands on her. And the first time I prayed over her, and I believe I have the greater ones in me. And I believe Jesus said, lay hands in a second, they shall recover. But the first time I ministered to her, you know, she said she um, was a little bit better. And um, I could tell that there wasn't a great change. And so um, I laid hands on her again, but I heard the Holy Spirit speak into my ear. And he said, release my glory. And so I said, Father, I just release your glory into her foot right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I command her foot to be healed. She had fallen and her foot had broken and she was going to get surgery in the next two weeks. Her foot had busted and the bone had stuck up. And she, we said, test it out. And she starts testing it out. And she goes, that's weird. Weird. And she kept going. She's like, that is so cool. That's so weird. <laughs> but... The re what I'm saying here is we can all go out, lay hands on the sick, and see them recover to a degree. But I want to be like the disciples. When they went out with the power of the Holy Spirit, they won thousands to the Lord. Why? 
not because of mere words of man's wisdom, but because of demonstrations of the Spirit of God, because the power of God backed their words up. Either they were moved by the Holy Spirit, God just started dealing with their hearts by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit, or by the power of God, they were being healed, they were being set free, and they said, this thing is real. Amen? And so when somebody is set free or someone is healed, they're on the spot, open and ready to realize that Jesus is Lord, that he is real, and they're ready to give their hearts to the Lord. And that was, that's what's so exciting. The demonstration and um, the manifestation of the Spirit is to profit the kingdom of God. It's to bring people into the kingdom. It's not necessarily for in the church. We want it in the church. We want God to move in the church, and we welcome him to move in the church. But we're in the church to get equipped to go out there and do the work. That's what the church is for. We're in the church to get our gifts all stirred up. And actually, that's one of my callings is to stir up the gift of God within you so that you go out there and fulfill the purpose that God has for you. Because without fulfilling the purpose that God has for you, you'll feel blah. You'll feel like, what is my reason for being here? Who am I? You know, I know God has called each one of us to do the work of Christ. He was to be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And I believe that God places people in different fields, you know, whether it's a teacher or whether it's a social worker, um, whatever it is that you do, God places all of us in different fields to reach a whole different crowd, to manifest the power and presence of God. Amen? And we all go to different grocery stores to what? Manifest the power and presence of God. Hallelujah. A lady came up to me at Goodwill yesterday. I was with my little sister. And uh, she's like, can I ask you a question? She's asking me about if a blazer looked nice on her. And I knew that people don't just typically do that. So I knew God was drawing her by the Spirit. And so I was like, yeah, it looks really good. I have one like that, this and that. And then um, I said, can I ask you a question? (laughs) And I asked her if she had any sickness in her body. And I went on to release the glory of God and minister to her. But God is going to, as you get equipped and as you allow the Holy Spirit to fill you, he's going to give you more and more opportunities. It's not going to become a hard thing, but it'll become easy because his yoke is easy and his burdens lie. It will become second nature or first nature even to just go out there and be a manifest child of God. Jesus, it was his first nature, is what he lived for. He said, I only do and I only say what I hear my father doing and saying. Think about it. If someone comes up to you and approaches you, it's probably because God's drawing them by his spirit so that you will be a manifest child of God and share the good news. And not just that, ask them if they have anything they have need of because you have the greater one and you have it. We have this treasure in our earthen vessel that the excellency or that the power of God would be revealed. But if we aren't releasing the power of God, who is? We're the children of God. We are the hands and feet. Amen? We are the vessel. He's looking for vessels fit for his use, fit and ready and willing. Like I said, the body of Christ has been asleep. But it's time. We know because he said these are the signs of the times. We know that the time of Jesus' return is coming. But first, the bride has to ready herself. First, the bride has to prepare. First, the bride has to rise up and start doing what we're called to do. Fulfilling the work of Jesus. 
continuing the legacy that he left for us. Again, Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people in, about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. I just want to say this right now, that the the church is going to grow because we're telling about Jesus, because we're out there doing the work of Jesus. In the disciples' day, in the Bible days, after they received the Holy Spirit, it says thousands daily were added to the church. Why? Because of 120 people? That means they were very busy doing the Father's work. We are not trying to collect church people from another church. We should be growing and expanding our tent poles. We should be expanding ourselves because we are so so excited to go out there and do the work that we're bringing in the harvest. We, the body of Christ, are bringing in the harvest because we're out there doing the work that Jesus left for us. Amen? So he tells the disciples, when I go away, you need to wait in Jerusalem. This is vital for you. Wait until you receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. In other words, I'm going to back every word you have to say up. I'm going to demonstrate my power with miracles, signs, and wonders. That is not us, FYI. You cannot do a miracle. The Holy Spirit does the miracle. But according to the measure of how full you are, you're going to see the miraculous. So if you're not seeing great results, then you better get in that prayer closet, get on your knees, and start seeking the Lord and waiting on the Lord and letting him, what, renew your strength. Your power is his power. Your anointing is his anointing. The presence that you carry is his presence. So if you're not having the kind of results that you want to see, that you desire to be a manifest child of God, then you need to go and pay, you know, serve the Lord and, and do the time. So many ministers of God who have had the presence and power of God on their lives said, it costs a price. There's a price to be paid. And he told his disciples this. He told them to wait until ye be endued with power. Wait until you receive the equipment that you need so that you don't feel like a flop and so that you don't give up, but rather you, you start seeing results and you get excited to be used by God. You go back in for more of God's presence and power into the prayer closet because you want to go out and demonstrate again and again and again and again until this whole church is full. People are waiting outside to get in. I'm not just trying to grow a church. I'm trying to motivate the body of Christ to go out there and do what he called us to do. Amen? Hallelujah. So we can't truly accomplish and walk in and push back the gates of hell the way we've seen Jesus do it or the disciples do it until we do what they did, which was wait until you be endued with power. We talked about this. If you go back a few messages, we talked all about waiting on the Lord, and he will renew your strength. Waiting on the Lord, getting in his presence, and what you're doing is you're letting him fill you up to overflowing. You're waiting and you're, release, you're going out there filling up to release it. Then you need to go back in and refill again. Even Charles Finney said he would find himself short of the glory. You know, he would find basically that there wasn't as strong results as he would see sometimes. He, was, he raised the dead and everything. 
but he sometimes would go out and find himself absent of that same power. So what he would do is just set aside a couple days of waiting on the Lord, spending time with the Holy Spirit and just letting him fill him back up. We need not neglect waiting on the Lord because the word of God says in Isaiah 40, 28 through 31, those who wait upon the Lord, he will renew their strength. They will soar high on wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. How are you going to do any of that unless you have the power of the Holy Spirit? You can't. You will find yourself weary. Ministers, ministers, I think social workers, policemen, and there's a couple other fields where the give-up rate, you know, the throw-in-the-towel rate is very high because they're not depending on the Lord's strength. But if you would be a minister, a social worker, uh, you know, a policeman or whatever, and you're a believer and you're waiting on the Lord daily, you could do your job not with your might, not with your power, but by the power of the Holy Spirit. um, Zechariah 4.6 says that. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by his spirit. It's by his spirit that we can fulfill this work. We can't do it on our own. That's why the body of Christ has been sleeping. We gave up. We put in the, you know, threw in the towel like, we can't do this. You can't, but he can. And he lives in you. Amen? He lives in you. You can give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. So the Lord's not just talking about the initial infilling. You've got to continue being filled. It's not just, yes, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, 100%. He's the gift of God for the believer. The, he empowers you to be a witness. But then you continue fellowshipping with him, spending time with him, letting him fill you, speak to you, lead you, guide you, direct you. He is our equipment. <laughs> he was Jesus' equipment. Are we greater than our master? Absolutely not. Jesus depended and needed the Holy Spirit, 100%. That's why we see the habit of Jesus' life to pull away from the crowd and to pray on the mountaintops. All the time you see him pulling away, telling his disciples, go ahead, i got to stand back and pray. Why? Because he knew if he didn't yield to the Holy Spirit, he would also be absent of the power. And he knew that the, bo- the people out there needed the demonstration, so that they would know his father was God. Amen? We too, we're not greater than our master. We too need the demonstration, which means we need to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Just a couple illustrations of that you need the Holy Spirit and his power. And I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but you can write it down. Acts 19, 11 through 21 is the story of the seven sons of Skeva, Skeva, Skeva. And these men got excited as even, I mean, I don't even know if they were believers, but they certainly weren't filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? And they got excited seeing the disciples demonstrate this mighty miracle signs and wonders. They got amped up. They got excited. They said, well, we want to do this, you know? And so they go out and they start trying to mimic And use the name of Jesus and demonstrate mighty signs and wonders. Well, Jesus said, you know, if we're believers, I give you the power to trample on snakes and scorpions, to use my name. You have the keys of the kingdom, right? So so I'm thinking they weren't believers, but 
In this case, these men, without that same power that the disciples were carrying, they go out there and try to do the work. And it is a flop like you wouldn't believe. They're trying to cast out a devil of a man, and the devil in the man attacks them. And they go running in terror, and it says their clothes were ripped off of them. So they had a battle out with the, you know, the evil spirit because they weren't equipped with the power. Don't go out there trying to take on the largest case of the enemy, the toughest case, without knowing that the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to do so. Amen? And so, like I said, Jesus said he only did what he heard and saw his father doing. In other words, he never tried to do anything that wasn't his father's, you know, desire. He only did what he knew he was equipped to do that day. And so the Lord will lead you and guide you. You have the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. But we need to let him fill us up. Let him equip us. Draw ourselves away. Spend time with him every day, letting him fill us up. So, because we don't know what we're going to encounter or who we're going to encounter. We don't want to be caught off guard like these seven sons of Skeva. I don't know how to say that. Skiva. Okay? We don't know what we're going to encounter, but we want to be ready. The Lord says to be ready in season and out of season. In other words, whether you have a pulpit or not, you better be ready to preach the good news with signs following. That is our job. Not for pastors, not for evangelists, not for just the teachers. This is the job of the body of Christ. Go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Amen? Laying hands and bringing deliverance to them, not by your might. That's where we go wrong. That's where we give up because we try it and then we fail. Not by your power, but by the power of your spirit. Let me, let me show you another example. In Matthew 17, 21, this is a story, and you can go ahead and read it yourself, but there's a story of the disciples going out trying to do the work that the Lord had told them to do. He said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Go ahead and go out, lay hands in the sick, see them recover, bind the enemy and all this. So he told them, go out and do this, like practice this, in other words. He's like, I'm giving you the authority to do so today. Maybe he was tired that day, and he's like, go do my work. <laughs> but anyways, they go out there, and they come up against this one person who is possessed, this man's son is possessed by the devil, throwing him on the floor, throwing him in the fire, and all this stuff, right? And the disciples try to do the thing that Jesus told them to do, but they fail. And so then the man brings his son to Jesus, and he's like, I brought him to your disciples, but they couldn't do it. And Jesus kind of blasted them a little bit for their lack of faith or, be, or their lack of being ready. Because he says in Matthew 17, 21, after they asked him, Lord, why couldn't we do this one? He said, because this one only goes out by prayer and fasting. In other words, unless you're a vessel that is so yielded to my spirit and so filled with my spirit, you won't be able to do this kind of work. And if you want to be ready, which the body of Christ, Jesus is saying, be ready to be used by me. And that is going to take you in preparation on your knees, which is what we talked about last week, to do the works of Christ. 
We want revival. We're crying out for revival. We ask the Lord to pour out your spirit. Okay, he's pouring out his spirit. We're asking of the Lord for revival. He's not going to not give it. He's going to give revival. But what is revival? It's the reviving of the hearts of people of God to rise up and to go out there and take their place to bring in the harvest. It's not that they're just going to come just floating in here. You're going to go out. You're going to go out and get your tools together and start reaping in and bringing in the harvest. That is revival, is the reviving of the hearts of God's people, the rising up of the body of Christ to take their place and do their work. Imagine if Jesus, you know, told his disciples, wait in the upper room in Acts 1-8 until you receive the power to go out there and be my witness. Wait. Until you know, you'll know when it is. Wait until you receive this power. Otherwise, you're going to not have the results just like this one time in Matthew 17, 21. Remember that? When you couldn't cast out that devil and I had to do it for you? He's like, so if you don't want that to be happening, you better wait until you receive the power. Okay? What if they didn't wait? That would kind of be like the most of the body of Christ right now not seeing the results that Jesus had told them that they were to be his witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. People most of the time won't listen to just the gospel without demonstration. They don't want to hear it. You need to either have the presence and glory of God filling your words, piercing their hearts to where you see there's a change in their countenance, or you need to show them that Jesus is alive by demonstration before they're ready to receive. And that's what the body of Christ needs. Just like the disciples, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need continual fresh fillings of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Remember, this kind only goes out by prayer and fasting. So that means that you need to so yield your life for the Lord to use you to push back the gates of hell, to destroy the works of the enemy. And I don't know about you, but I get excited when God uses me. I get excited when someone gets saved or when someone randomly gets delivered or when someone gets set free. And I'm not just talking about in the church. I get excited about that too. But I'm talking about outside the church. And let me just say, I'm a very shy person. You wouldn't think it. But when I step up here, I'm stepping into the Lord's anointing. These like clothes are put on me and I'm stepping into an anointing that is not me. When I step outside of here, I have to totally 110% depend, and I am now too, but I have to 100% depend on the Holy Spirit and the fact that I need to be filled with the Spirit and go out there with boldness, or else I'm going to shy away. I won't know what to say. I'm like, Moses, give me my brother to speak. I'm literally like, John, speak, I'll pray. (laughs) I'm serious. But when you see God work, it gives you boldness. It encourages you to preach the good news, not just by words, because that's my prayer in church and outside the church. Lord, let me not preach with mere words of man's wisdom, but Lord, fill these words with the weight of your glory, with your presence and power. Let these words be backed up by demonstrations of the power of your spirit so they will know my God is God. Amen? And that's what the world needs. 
You can leave here and be like, man, that was a good message, and never do anything that I'm talking about today. Or you can say, I want that. I want what the disciples had. I want to walk in the fullness of the power and glory of God. All you need to do is yield to the Holy Spirit every day. Yield to the Holy Spirit. He says in his word, if my people who are called by my name will just do this thing, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and don't forget, turn from those wicked ways. Turn from your selfish ways. Then what's going to happen? I will hear from heaven. I will wipe away your sin. And I will come and I will heal your land. How is he going to heal our land? Through us. Through us. How? Laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Watching and laying hands and demolishing and pushing back the gates of hell. He came here as an example for you and I. That we also would walk in it. Amen? Some of you, this is like taking a big steak and it's slapped down in front of you, okay? And, and you're, you're, maybe you're having a hard time chewing it. Maybe you're not there. But I want to encourage you. It's an exciting life to live. Get there. All you have to do is if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, God wants to use you. Little old you. God can use you. Any vessel. Any vessel. Why? Romans 8, 10, and 11. The same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you, and he shall quicken both your and their mortal body. The same Holy Spirit that quickened Jesus to walk in power will quicken you. He's already in you. But the more you get rid of selfish desires and the flesh and the things of this world, the more room he has to live. And he can just take over and take charge. It's real, guys. If you believe the word of God is true, raise your hand. Okay, most of you. So, the disciples were the first of many children of God. Demonstrating and walking in the power of God. And you see the results in Acts 1 all the way through Acts 4. They even went back in Acts um, 2 for another dose, another infilling of the Holy Spirit. Because they started, things started getting riled up. Maybe they had riots. Maybe they had um, some form of disease breakout or whatever. And they like, Lord, we need more boldness. We need another filling of your spirit. Because we're not seeing the results that we saw at first. So, Lord, we ask you again, fill us. Grant unto us boldness that we might preach your word. And guess what happens? Every time they asked, every time they went in to seek the Lord, and that's what we're doing tonight, by the way, 7 p.m., we're seeking the Lord for his presence, his power, his glory, his spirit to so fill us that we can go out with boldness and preach the word. Amen? And in the near future, we'll have some opportunities as a group, but be available every moment, every moment to preach the good news. Every moment, on the job, off the job, at the grocery store, at AutoZone, wherever it is you go, be ready in season and out of season. On a walk, people are friendlier than you think. Amen? Just got to strike up a conversation about their dog or whatever, that you like their shoes, just some ideas. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you the words to say, and he will strike up that conversation for you. Amen? So in the disciples, they 
were all filled with the Holy Spirit again in Acts 2. And the word of God, the result was, word about them spread, just like when Jesus came back and was returning in the power of the Spirit. Word about the disciples spread, and people were multiplying to the church, and, and he, it says that they were demonstrating the power of God with miracle signs and wonders following. God's no respecter of persons. What he did for them and through them, he will do for you and through you, and even more so now because his return is soon. He says in his word, um, the latter rain will be greater than the former. There's going to be greater outpourings and a greater need for his spirit. And so we need to ask of the Lord to reign in the time of the latter rain. We need to ask of the Lord to fill us so that we're equipped to go out there and do the work. Hallelujah. Why? Because the earth, the people, of God, people out there who are God's children as well need to hear he says, how will they know without a preacher? How are they going to hear unless someone tells them? Amen? Romans 8, 22 through 20, or 19 through 24 basically says, For all creation is waiting in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. There's going to be a revelation of who we are. How is that going to happen? We're going to get so filled with God's presence and glory that we're going to shine. The word of God actually says this, arise, shine, for your light has come, for the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. That glory of the Lord isn't for one day in heaven because what's that going to produce for heaven? They already have the glory. He's talking about us yielding to him here and now, letting him so fill you here and now with his presence, his power, and his glory till the glory of the Lord rises upon you, till his spirit rises upon you, and you can go out there and truly be a witness of the Lord Jesus Christ and let his words so fill, let his weight of his glory so fill your words so that you can demonstrate the power of God. I want to say this, that God is no respecter of persons. There is not one vessel that he won't use if you'll yield to him. Not a one. I mean, the disciples, they had cussing fishermen. I love the, um, the Chosen series. They just really depict the real-life people, you know? And you know that nobody's perfect. You know, they got some foul language to get over. They got some rough, you know, edges. And, and um, nowadays it would be like the tattooed people, and it would be the people with the big beards, which I made my husband shave off. Um, <laughs> it would be it would be tough people and these were not the the nice christian looking people of the day jesus used normal people just like you and i to go out there and spread the good news he wasn't using the pharisees he wasn't using the people that were so-called um, ministers of the gospel at that time he used people fishermen even hated tax collectors. What? People that pe the, even the Jews didn't respect. God can use anyone who's willing to follow him. Anyone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Huh. Um, Luke 11.13 says this. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How much more if we'll just ask him? If we know how to bless our children with something that they enjoy, whether it be uh, my son Ashton with a fish, right, Ashton? Um, or Ethan with a nice coffee. He loves that coffee. Um, how much more will our Heavenly Father give us the Holy Spirit, which is the best gift, to those who ask? You might have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the first evidence of speaking in other tongues, but he's talking here about continually asking, and he'll continually give it. Continually asking, and he'll continually give it. In John... Um, 1624, these are just different scriptures on the fact that we have to ask. It's not an automatic because he's not going to give you something that you don't want, right? John 1624, he says, Till now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive and your joy will be complete. I don't know about you, but I am excited when I know he is on me and he is moving me to do something and it happens. I love it. I love the reality of the word of God and the spirit of God just confirming things. I love it. Matthew 7, 7, he says, ask and it shall be given. We have to ask. We have to desire it. You're not going to, um, you've got to show him you desire it. Ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Amen? So we're to ask for the baptisms. Not just one time. Ask for continual fillings of his spirit. Like I said, Acts 4, 29, they said, grant unto us boldness. In other words, baptize us afresh. We need more power. We need more of your presence to confirm your word, Lord. Hallelujah. Ephesians 5, 18, he says, continually being filled. Or um, Paul says, be being filled. Just always continually be filled. How did he have the, the power of God to, to endure the hardships he had? and continue and not give up to do the work of God. He said he was shipwrecked, mobbed, left for dead. You know, he encountered every, all these different facets of attacks of the enemy, basically. But he endured it all and continued to do the work of God. Just because you're attacked by the enemy doesn't mean that you're out of the will of God. A lot of people who are doing the work of God actually have a target on their back. But you'll have the grace and the power of God to see you through if you will yield to the Holy Spirit. Amen. I can attest for that. Hallelujah. In Zechariah 10.11, I'm winding down, guys, and the worship team can come back up. Zechariah 10.11, he says, Ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. Ask the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, and he'll send bright clouds. In other words, get ready. It's coming if we'll just ask, if we'll just expect. Remember, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit if you'll just ask? Amen? Haggai 2.9, the latter rain will be greater than the former. We can expect a bigger outpouring of his Spirit. We can expect more infillings of his Spirit than they even had. It's time that the body of Christ gets serious about our job. It's time that the body of Christ wake up. Amen. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But God comes that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, the people of God need to be out there witnessing and demonstrating that life and life more abundantly. 
We need to be out there pushing back the gates of hell and destroying every work of the enemy. Just like Jesus. We are not different than our master's purpose. We have the same purpose other than to die. He died for us. Thank you, Jesus. But he did say that we're not above our master. If we do die for the Lord's sake and for the testimony of Jesus Christ, we're going to go to heaven. Amen? Because the Lord has died for our sins. Thank you, Jesus. But we need to realize that it's the thief that's coming to kill, steal, and destroy. We should be aware that this is not a virus that is attacking. It's a spiritual battle. And the body of Christ should have recognized this. If you understand, he says to watch and pray. He says, don't you realize that the thief is like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour? He was seen that if the body of Christ would, would uh, whimper out and stop getting on their knees, stop seeking God just because they have put a ban on us, allow, allowing us to have church. That shouldn't have removed your relationship with Jesus Christ. It shouldn't have stopped you from doing the very thing that you should be doing, which is being a witness. But what I'm trying to get you guys to realize is it's not just you and God, a relationship, I love you, Jesus, but it's you and God having a relationship and him so filling you with his spirit, with his presence and power that you can share with others and be a witness of what you found, that great treasure. Hallelujah. They don't know unless you tell them. They don't know that Jesus is alive unless you show them. And you can't show them unless you're like the disciples, which he told us, wait and you shall receive power. He doesn't even question, maybe you'll receive power. He says, you shall receive power. After Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be my witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. In other words, anyone who will wait will receive this power. I don't know the number of times or how many hours. It's the heart. God searches the heart of man. He, remember he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, will pray, will seek my face, you're doing these things, but when you're doing these things, he's going to highlight some things in your heart that might not be pleasing to him. Things you might be putting over him. Things that are entertaining you too much and taking away from time with him. He'll show you and reveal these things. He says, if you'll not harden your heart, but you'll turn from wicked ways, I will hear you from heaven. I will forgive that sin. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your, your grace. Forgiving our sin. And I will heal your land. In other words, my spirit's going to come upon you and you too shall be anointed to preach the good news. Amen? Don't get me wrong. The greater one's in you. You've got the life of God living in you, the same life that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. But we must not stop there. Don't stop with the evidence that the Holy Spirit's with you. That's the key to rev the engine. Praying in the Spirit. Waiting on the Lord. Letting Him renew your strength. Fill you up. Till you be endued with power. Till you go out there and preach the good news. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. 
Just yield to you, Holy Spirit. I just welcome you. Show me what it is you want to do here. I want to have an altar call in just a moment, but first I'm going to take up this morning's tithes and offerings. So just go ahead and get ready to give to the Lord. He says, 